welcome back to the podcast. I am Rob. We have Dave here. Say hi, Dave. Hi. I, I don't know if it was just my enthusiasm for this particular movie or if it was the fact that I pulled a 10-hour shift today. So yeah, take your pick. That's rough, but... Uh, I will say that this movie is possible to wear you out as well. Uh, an hour and a half, this was Police Academy 5, Operation Miami Beach. Or Assignment Miami Beach, sorry. This was the one that I taped off a of Showtime or HBO or one of those things. So it was my only Police Academy movie that I could watch over and over and over. Which I did for some reason. Don't ask me why. You poor guy. You were just starved for that Police Academy but you just weren't getting anything. And out of I, it. I thought it was okay at the time. But however, you grow up and then you're like, what the hell was this? So, typical fanfare, you know, it starts off positive because, again, I will point out that the theme for Police Academy is very good. It's a good theme. But then you cut to Harrison Proctor raiding Chief Hearst's office, Watergate style. Yeah. <laughs> sort you know, of the f- dumb Watergate style. Yeah, and you know, to find some information of about Lassard due to Harris's suspicions. Well, and his maniacal desire to bring him down so that he can run the academy. You know, it is of course digging through all the files, he discovers that Lassard is past the retirement age. Past the mandatory retirement age. Mandatory retirement age. So he figures this is it. This is how he's going to get him. Uh, So Harris, typical, used that for his advantage. No different than Mauser would have. Mauser would have been in the role. Oh, he totally would have done the same thing. That is one thing about this one. Even though Harris's delivery is still very good, it's still um he really does kind of fall into that mauser comedy routine mm-hmm. it's not about him personally being nasty because he's just kind of mean but not really doesn't have the bite that he had in some of the other movies so that, that's pretty much it we get our introduction back to harris and proctor and them two doing their little shenanigans uh and i'm not sure if it goes in this order or what but i i, I will mention don't worry my notes will steer us if you need it the cut to do do we get to the bumbling criminals doing their thing first no we get to graduation well, with the graduation is first that's yes. what i thought you know so then we cut to yet another graduation uh you see the return well, this is the graduation of the last class the last class for Lassard. Correct. So, you know, you have House, who was there from the prior. Correct. Yeah. So you you see a couple of those characters from the last movie. Somehow he managed to be a police officer. House is the only one that I really noted. Everyone else was pretty much gone. It was just... Yes. Budgets and all that. It was just House. Here, five dollars. Uh, I want ten dollars. Five dollars and a sack of, of Big Macs. Get out of here. I'm okay with that. So you see your returning characters observing the ceremonies, like Hightower, Callahan, Hooks, Tackleberry, Jones. Special news bulletin: These are the characters that will be in this movie. And then obviously Lassard is there, giving out the little police academy diplomas. Missing is Steve Gutenberg as Mahoney. Uh, We sent out an APB on Mahoney. He is gone. Also not returning, sadly, is my Zed and Sweet Charlie. But life goes on. Life goes on, and this movie certainly does. And of course, you know, now you got Harris, you know, getting ready for his little smirk because he knows, knows what's coming. And and for whatever reason, this this always bothers me now that I'm an adult because this is not how this would work, all right? No. They wouldn't just go to Lassard during this 
big old ceremony and drop the bomb on him like, oh, by the way, you're being forced to be retired. This is his last class because, yes, yes, it was retired. news to him. It was news to everybody. It, it's movie compression, <laughs> but yeah, that, you're right. Or, that would have happened. Or do you think maybe they told Lassard and he just forgot and he's like, oh, yes, of course. I like to think not because he would have it would have broken him earlier and he would have been acting even more erratically. It caught everyone by surprise. I I, I believe the, the the commissioner waited until that moment. Yeah. So of course everybody's bummed. They're all upset. You know they're trying to do what they can to cheer him up. And then this is where we find out about the well they mentioned the Miami thing earlier that he'll be honored at the the Miami uh, police convention. He's the policeman of the year. So they're gonna the whole crew's gonna go to Miami a little vacation yes which is hilarious because if they're still working at the academy you're talking about most of the staff leaving from the academy and if they aren't hiatus how do these people hiatus yeah it's nice that they could all or just maybe get they, away like that. maybe they all work in the same group of people training and oh, then they Lord. just they step out or maybe that's where zed is and oh yeah i see that zed and sweet chuck are covering all their shifts yes absolutely yep, they're not there that's what they're doing uh now we go to your crooks you know the the, uh, the bumbling criminals led by uh uh i think the character's name is tony played by renee Oh, and should, we, should we talk about the first first prank on on Harris first? The intercepted phone several. call. Oh, that that happened already. Too? That did. Yeah, but I have this theory that the way that scene went down, this was originally written for Mahoney's character, but since Steve Gutenberg is left, you got to kind of do this thing where you restructure the story and you start giving the pieces to other characters. I think Hightower pretty much took most of what would have belonged to Mahoney. He took this one gag. I'll give you that, but after that, no, it's pretty clear who the inheritor yeah. of this stuff was. Yeah. But in this case, Harris decides he wants to show what a big guy he is and go to Miami Beach. And they're going to go, he and Proctor are going to go first class. And Hightower snags the call, passes it off to Jones, who passes himself off as a clerk. And they send him on a live animal. (laughs) And Proctor is just dumb enough to fall for him. Now. We can go on to the crooks. So the crooks, and I, this is how I have them written: uh, bumbling criminals led by Rennie Aber, Aber. Yeah, I used to be able to say his name. I'm gonna just call him the guy that played Chief Constable Odo on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Now, here's the thing, though: what you say about bumbling, it it kind of works, but they're idiots. They're one part idiots and one part hapless eighty idiots. Where everything goes wrong, lots of physical pratfalls are constantly happening to the bad guys. Yeah. They're not a credible threat at any time in this entire movie. That's an important thing, because that was one of the things that impressed me about the criminals from 4, was that they seemed competent. They were silly, but they were competent. These guys are not competent. I would... I wouldn't trust these guys to knock over a lemonade stand run by five-year-olds. Yeah. The five-year-olds would come away with all their change. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so they're stealing some jewels and I you know, diamonds, very pretty, Pink Panther style, almost except with more. That's an stupidity. insult to the Pink Panther. But the the jewel thief in the Pink Panther was pretty clever. However, it uh, was Niven. It was yes, he was awesome. However, it was the Inspector Clouseau that was the bumbling idiot. But in this case, it's the jewel thieves who happen to be the the, the idiots here. 
all the bad guys basically are idiots. This this is the, the genre of comedy where anybody who's bad is going to have bad times, and a lot of it's going to be circumstantial. Like the bad guys immediately set it off badly when they first meet Lassard because he drops golf balls out of his bags, and they just happen to be the people who trip on them, and and on and on. Or and he on beats and them, yeah. And or he accidentally pummels them with his with his golf golf bag. Yeah, and it's just. Uh, Lassard crosses paths with the bumbling burglars more than a few times. It's just before they get to Miami and then after they get to Miami, which does lead to the situation where their bags do get switched at some point because they have identical bags. Ah, the old bag switch routine. This is as old as the hills. It works okay for this movie because this movie isn't trying very hard. So, you know, in the airplane, everyone's going to Miami. Harrison Proctor, of course. I'm, do we? Okay, yeah. There was a little gag where nobody seems to know the difference between the the uh, metal detector alarm and the guy who's making the boom noise in the corner over there. Okay, so, no. The assumption is that he has power. He's got ventriloquism, not just echoism. Yeah, he can make. Know. He can cast his voice. That's how they they let that go. Yeah. So, Ventriloquism doesn't work like that, but that's how they, they make it. Right, go. but it, you know, so Harris, of course, practically strips down everything except, you know, for his... Down to his boxers. But, well, the buckle, <laughs> the buckle and the pants fall off, of course, because of Jones, and then after a while he figures it out, but those, course, those two get to go on a... a like, what kind of plane would that have been? Live animals. Live animals. A live animal private plane. Yep. Proctor enjoyed it. Not so much Harris. These animals were not in pens either. They were just allowed to roam in the back of the plane because it would make more of a mess. Because lol, of course. And then you get the plane. And me being a, a chubby child when I was a kid. Oh. A, little, a little more weight again. Well, well-rounded we were, yes. Uh, of course, they got to do the whole gag with the fat guy go sitting on the side of the plane on the one end of it so then the tilts the plane yeah balance house is a little big yeah and and of course sir you better get back to your seat because we're gonna serve the meal the meal and then my comment is house is fat tilts plane lol and it's like ah (laughs) i i've never liked that joke i was just always kind of like whatever then we also get the the battery of Characters have to have their character funny bits. Hooks has a problem with a guy smoking a cigar on the plane. Hooks is now a liberated police officer who goes and grabs a fire extinguisher to deal with it herself, which, there you go. She could get in trouble for that, too, I bet. Yeah, well, apparently not back in the day because you could smoke cigars on the plane, too. Nah, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You do a lot of sorts of stuff in the 80s. Wild comedy. Uh, so the, you have your little airplane jokes and hijinks, and then yes. they get to Miami. We are going to skip over a lot of the individual gags and jokes because, quite honestly, they're none repeaters. of them hit particularly hard. You won't remember them very much afterwards. I had to take copious notes, so I would remember a lot of them. And quite honestly, does it really matter to any of you that uh, House and Hightower have to physically break the plane in order for them to get out because they they remove the door. Oh, yeah, you just now remembered that because I brought it up. It's 
a lot of little things like that. If you want to see all of the various little one-shot jokes in it, you, you can watch the movie. We're just going to hit the major points and then discuss. So once we get to Miami, we, we find out, well, not that we find out, we but we do get to meet Lassard's nephew, Nick. Who is taking down a criminal as they land, which is cool. Yeah. And it's a good way to introduce characters. I was wondering now, do you think this is... Uh, Oh, what's Lassard's brother's name from part two? I oh. wonder if this would be his son. Well, it's his nephew. It's a pretty good chance. Yeah, unless he's got another kid or two. But Well, he could have an extended family. It's yeah. possible, but for the purpose of this, it really doesn't matter. No, no. But, you know, let's just say since they never made it canon, this is the the son of the Lassard from part two. Uh <laughs> But Nick is, serves more to the story than just being Lassard's nephew, essentially. Or when I say serves more to the story, what I mean is he's Mahoney's replacement. So Pete, Pete Lassard. Pete, Pete Lassard. Pete, Pete Lassard's son. Dr. Nick. Johnny Fever. I'm going with that. I'm making it canon. But anyways, <laughs> Police Academy canon. Warner Brothers are going to kick your butt for that. They're canon, dang it. <laughs> Only they well, once they start doing something with it, then they can actually, you know, come after me. Anyhow. Ominous, ominous background noise. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, the only reason why we got Nick in the story was because he's a replacement for Mahoney. Uh, yeah, if he was there and Mahoney was there, this movie would really not have worked. So, yeah, he, he took over the yeah. role. He took over the womanizing role, the boyish charm. The pranks on Harris, pranks on Harris, and always being the guy um, who just kind of com- gets it, comes up with the the clever. I'm gonna go do this, or we're gonna do this, and everything will be fine. Yes, which is probably one of the one of the reasons why this movie has a problem, is that part of the charm of this group was that they had these interdependencies. The others knew they could count on Mahoney. And they have to spend this movie building that back up with Nick. For a lot of the stuff, he just kind of glides in there because he's Lassard's nephew and mm-hmm. they're cool with him. But, you know, there's not that Oscar moment where oh. one of them opens up and develops their character. You don't get that in this. Right, right. So. But, yeah, that's that's Nick. That's and Nick. And then. L- nice guy, Nick. That's, yeah. That's really he does AARP commercials now. He's not an actor. <laughs> He'll always be but he is. Us. But anyhow, uh, I let's see what else goes on in Miami. There again, each of the characters get their own little character jokes. Yep. Tackleberry guns, Callahan and her boobs, hooks in her voice. <sighs> Nick does the whole womanizing thing to the girl. The girl turns out to be a police officer. So turns, and yep. And then of course, pummels him because they're both police police officers. They begin to flirt with each other and sure. all that other stuff. Uh, everybody doesn't like Harris. Her name is Kate. Yeah, Kate. One, <laughs> one time Kate. Yeah, I think that's the only time she's mentioned. Harris gets a, runs a follow of Nick. What does he call him? A butt wipe? Butt, butt wipe. wipe. Butt wipe? Yep. Heard that exactly one. Mahoney's role. Yep, totally. That's all it was. So Harris falls asleep trying to get a tan, and Dork. Nick goes over and sun sunblocks Dork on his chest. And he wakes up and he wonders why everyone is so rude calling him dork. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. I I, I approve of that. that was, I, I, I had to chuckle at that. Then we get to the criminals are looking for, for the case. 
the the case that had a camera inside the camera, which were the diamonds, because when they went to meet the big boss, they didn't have it. Fish. They had Lassard's goldfish. Which I'm surprised it could make it through the airport like that, because it was an open fish. 80s bowl. comedy, Dave. I know. Just repeat to yourself, 80s comedy. It's what I, I did to get through this movie. I'm, I'm trying to find logic in some of this oh, stuff. Oh, that's your first mistake. <laughs> Save the logic for the Vulcans, Dave. So they begin looking for... Lassard in the Lassard case. in the case, and mm-hmm. they're about to get him, but then they all find out that not only is he a police officer, but he's pretty much surrounded by a bunch of police officers. Which was another one of those moments. They happen to find him at his hotel, where they're having the policeman's convention, and they go in, thinking they're going to rough him up and take the bag, and he's in uniform, surrounded by all these other police officers, and... Hilarity ensues as they back out. That was actually also fairly funny. Yeah, it's, it's almost like... That That actually, though, was a set-up joke. And you see the difference in the punch on that one because he, he you knew he was in his, his hotel. He knew that all this stuff was going on. The criminals, idiots that they are, had no idea. And you see them going, you knew where this was going to end up. But it was funnier because they set it up well, which so much of the rest of this is not. So, uh, you know, and then again, we go through the more character stuff. Well, when we say character, we mean like their character traits, their tropes, the gags. And then we get closer to the end where they need to get those diamonds, the criminals. So in the middle of the police convention, they essentially end up to the point where they end up not only kidnapping Lassard, but they end up kidnapping Harris as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the thing. Um, there was some stuff in between that, but nothing. Yeah, much. they have some demonstrations from the convention, some hilarity there. Um, everybody gets their chance to shine, but yeah, we we we'll, we'll move right to the end. Actually, Lassard gets captured first, correct? And then Harris attempts is... a rescue, but it fails because Lassard thinks this is all part of the 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 police demonstration, correct? Some like. Uh, like murder mystery role playing thing. I don't know. Kidna- what... Kidnapping yeah. and hostage situation. Yeah. yeah. So, and he thinks this is great. He actually is helping the criminals, mm-hmm. giving them ideas, giving them the pointers, but taking them up to the penthouse and yeah, demanding a, a, a helicopter to get out. And yeah. And then Harris purposefully botches everybody else's attempt so to try to do the house. So he yeah. could do it. And that but fails. he fails. He fails. I, I remember the look. Proctor's face when when they get Harris as well, and he just looks so upset. They got him too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was your guys' fault. Pretty much. So they the bad guys take the helicopter out to a boat. To a boat? To, from the boat, they go to the big boss's boat with their hostages. The big boss wants them to take care of the hostages the old-fashioned way. Kill them. Yeah. Then, of course, our... Don't disappoint me again. Our heroes do end up saving the day eventually. Of course they do. This time, though, they have a a new means of doing the chase scene. Ooh. Because you need a new one every time. For, okay, so part one was just them in their armor. Part two was disguises. Part three was the ski boats. Jet four skis was, and, yeah. Four was the... Airplanes. Airplanes. Five is... Airboats. Airboats. Swamp-style swamp airboats. Okay. 
and some nice stunts in Everglades like swamps. I was never really fond of the stunts in this one. Or the get the, the whole thing at the end, the the, the chase. I like the novelty of the airboats because I think that was one of the first movies that I actually saw with airboats, and they seemed like something that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're on a basically a sled on the water and you've got the world's biggest fan behind you pushing you along. That just seemed kind of cool to me. Uh, I'd just say the, the power of that fan, I would hate for, you know, something to break on there and then you end up in the fan. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. I'm 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 sure that doesn't happen very often. Um so yeah, they uh the 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 each of they they have several of these airboats and they go through and they get to where the boats are docked. There is a little bit of a chase, but not much. And House ends up saving Harris by falling through the through the canopy and almost crushing him. <laughs> um, you know they went that far with that joke. They might as well just had him go through and sink the boat. You'd think they would have, but they didn't. And he didn't break his legs on the fall either, so comedy. Uh, Proctor knocked Harris off the boat afterwards anyhow, because haha. Uh, but he was about to get eaten by an alligator. <gasps> but then Hightower goes and wrestles the alligator, and he beats the alligator. There's a slight amount of tension on oh, there. Yeah, Hightower's gags in this movie were pretty much all his muscles. And there wasn't a lot of that either. Yeah. The most... Okay, I'm going to bring this up now because before I forget, this the stupidest part of this whole movie was the Frisbee gag. Yes. Where they're all playing Frisbee. Hightower, your Proctor's like, Hightower, over here, over here. They're, they're all ignoring high, uh, Proctor like like when I used to play ball. Yeah. They throw the ball to the other kids and they're all having fun with that. So Hightower figures he'll be nice to Proctor, throws the no, Frisbee. No, he does not. He is nice not being nice. Yeah, so he power throws that frisbee. Proctor reaches up for it, and then he goes flying back. He doesn't just go flying back; he grabs it and goes sailing. <laughs> so when you look back at part one, you know there there's some level to reality in that movie. There with a few minor things, okay, but then once you start letting people fly because of a frisbee being eighties comedy, Dave, eighties comedy, just keep saying it; it's a mantra. 80s comedy and all the nonsense doesn't get so bad yeah but just to end it all up uh lassard ends up taking out the uh the the boss of the criminal gang when he realizes that it's not just a a, a demonstration. demonstration it's an yes. actual uncle eric those are real crooks oh, oh cry chop yeah Boom. lassard can hold his own pretty good when it's comically appropriate, yeah, yes. Yeah. And then everybody gets a medal. High targets promoted to a lieutenant. And Lassard gets unretired. He can stay as long as he wants. And Harris uh, Harris goes through 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 a drum. In the okay, end. this is the drum one. Yes, yeah, so part six launched through the, the drum. drum. The balloon one. Yes. Yeah. Something always happens to Harris now at the end of these. Oh yeah, it's the, the the whole thing again it's it's finding ways to make the people who are not nice suffer creatively yeah. and in this case yeah there's that all right dave what was the best best gag for you the best joke so what was my favorite gag yeah what was your favorite gag the the, the best the best joke well i'll tell you what my favorite favorite gag was not 
Yeah, let's do that too. Uh, the one that I did not like that we did not talk about yet, which is really not really worth talking about. Um, but you're going to do it anyway, so let's let's do it. The whole thing in the the elevator with the criminals and the the fat guy who eats all the time farts and everybody gets all <laughs> all like you know smelling and sniffing and they all go into one corner and then he looks at them and he's like what what ah uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know it's just probably because you know like you, you were young when you saw this movie weren't fart jokes funny to you back then back then watching this now as an adult yeah okay. it's like Ah, it's like Captain really? Underpants had a lot better potty humor than that scenario. <laughs> Which that movie's not that bad. It's actually pretty funny. Well, we may have to review <laughs> it sometime. But okay, I mean that, that's that's fair. It's it's there's a lot of kind of crass humor that's just not all that. The other one that I thought wasn't really that great was the whole thing with the shark. You know, shark comes up to the beach. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, too. Tackleberry pulls out the gun. But you know what? That was really Tackleberry's one big thing. That was about the only reason Tackleberry was there, was to do the Jaws spoof. <laughs> and he was a returning cast member that would say yes. Yeah, that's about it, too. <laughs> I mean, but, 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 but what did Tackleberry do? He did his out-of-the-water thing to get criminals. He did the gun to the, to the shark. And the comedy spoof when they're they're in the convention hall and he's got this huge pile of guns. And they're like, no, Eugene, you need to put those out. I need these. That's his character. That's yeah. they got to do their their bits. What oh Jones, what did Jones do? Jones did Jones did a few random things, but he wasn't in very much. Yeah, he did. He didn't have anybody to play thing. off of. He had his karate thing with Kate. He had the metal detector riff on Harris early on, mm -hmm. and I'm sure he did martial arts stuff to the criminals. Yeah, but you know, that's, but... that's fascinating. As we go through these movies, some of these characters who are in these movies begin to kind of, they're there, but then you forget about them. Well, like I said, you know, I knew we were going to do this kind of format more, and, and like I said, the jokes are not developed. They're just one-hit little... Pow, and it's there. Yeah, this is a character. He's going to act appropriately wacky. So which ones did you not like for the jokes? Gags? The one that I didn't like was the martial arts demonstration with um, Proctor, where she crotches him into a cactus. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was okay. Yeah. Oh, why would you set up mats around that? Oh, never mind. It's yeah. Comedy. Comedy. <laughs> comedy. Yeah. Um, I, again, uh, almost everything with House. You're right. I I'm also I'm guilty of being a large person, and I don't find fat jokes particularly funny. Yeah, when they have him tilting an entire plane because he leans over to show high tower something in the seat neck. You know, it's really fascinating. Out of all the actors that they could get to come back for part five, they get probably the one that I cared the least about from part four. Um. I got. I have nothing. Yeah. I have no no real reason know. for why he know. was there. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Was he was he that big of a guy that time? Like you know, as a star? He was prob no, I don't think so. <laughs> so I can't even pinpoint why he why he was included other than he was a, a, an actor who just needed a, a paycheck. Yeah, who else? Um, no. <laughs> and, and the thing, and maybe I'm just guilty of of not having good in depth lore on stuff like this, but. I got really tired of all of the 
villains being so dumb after about 20 minutes was about all I could take. I'm like, these guys are so stupid. And it's that, amazing they don't drown in the shower. And that's like only at that point in time, 20 minutes in the movie, they probably had only like three minutes of screen time. Correct. <laughs> it tells you how time, I mean, you could see this was going to happen through the whole movie yeah. and they didn't disappoint. Every time the criminals were appropriately stupid and their boss was still appropriately stupid despite the fact that he looked somewhat smarter compared to the others. Yeah. It was... And honestly, the tropes are tired and old, even by 80s standards. Um, this was a reaching for the low-hanging fruit. And uh, how much did this movie gross? It maybe... 19.5 million? Maybe doubled its its what they spent on it. Maybe. Oh, well, the, it made... Money back if they were going to make a yeah. sequel. That's for sure. It made it, it made a little money, but I'm glad it didn't make a whole lot of money because this movie didn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, see. The gag that I thought was good. Yes, let's get let's get good. Find it, something. And it was. I really did like the whole part where they're following Lassard. They're going to get him. He's going into that room. We'll get him there. The, the criminals open up the door to the convention of the police officers. I mean, I thought that was funny. I, I, I enjoyed that little gag. Uh, it almost reminds me of, like, certain retail places where no they point. do these nice charity moments with police officers um, every holiday season. And I can just imagine, the, the you know, in the retail store, you get people who want to come in and steal because that's, that's what they do. But that one night they choose to do it, Places swarming with police officers. I mean, that's probably the same feeling that you'd get when you when they walked in on that. Fair enough. I I'm not saying that I steal. I just I just I've yes. seen that. I, yeah, I know. It's the one time a year where you can guarantee nothing was stolen. My uh, I'd say my favorite part was. When the rescue attempt is coming on the airboats and Callahan is in the front of her airboat and she's got her, her, her t-shirt on or her blonde hair and she's doing a, an opera Valkyrie, you know, the whole time. And it's like, man, she's got a lot of talent. She looked really good doing it. And it was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's funny and appropriate to the scene. I liked that. Um, and dork on the chest. That's it. Never, never gets too well, old to see Harris have bad in, things. In happen some to ways, him. it doesn't matter what happens to Harris. I mean, it's always entertainingly funny. I mean, especially if it's some interesting or, or chemistry with actors that he has, whether it's Proctor or even uh, Gutenberg's character Mahoney. But it's also, you know, usually there's he is nasty. Boom! Something happens as the follow up. And this one, he and Nick didn't have a history. He was just there, got his stuff. He was standing in the sun for a sec, and Harris snaps at him. And he immediately decides justice must be done, which you know, is... Maybe the, the other fellow I, police academy people told them, like, oh, that Harris guy, nobody likes him. We're always doing stuff to him. So maybe that happened off screen. So that's why Nick thought to himself, you are again rationalizing in an 80s comedy, Dave. Yes. You don't need to do that. It's just funny. Um, 
so yeah, the, the, it does have some humor in the in in the movie. A couple of things that'll make you you chuckle a little bit. Um, who is your least favorite character in this movie, Dave? I I, I just go with House. There's, okay, there's really nothing to him. Uh, I, I, get, I don't understand why he was brought on. I, I, although I suspect it was scenarios where other actors didn't come back, so they wrote some stuff in for him. Um, yeah. It is because he's just in two of the movies and that's it, which more than Barbara, but still uh, house. I'm going Barbara had more screen time. I'd say in his one movie than this guy had in meaning, two. meaningful. Well, Barbara was, was one of the main characters in yep. the original. So like he even had a bigger role than Jones, Tackleberry and a couple eh, of the others. I'm not sure about that, but um. Yeah, my my least favorite are the thugs. I'm giving I'm, I'm oh, they can the share it. The two bumbling thugs. Oh, who... it's like a Razzie award where you get the uh, where like if you're the most hated actor, you're not only getting nominated for one movie you did that year, you're getting nominated for all of them. Maybe. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah, these two guys, they're like, okay, pick an unpleasant criminal stereotype and go. And they basically just ticked off everything on the list of, of uh, bumbling criminal stereotypes. I'm going to be the fat guy and eat all the food. Yeah, I'm going to be the guy who farts. farts. Yeah. I'm going to fart. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, okay. okay. who's your favorite character of this? Favorite? Yeah. Uh, when in doubt, go to Harris. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Harris isn't bad. <laughs> Uh, see, looking at yeah. Uh, see, my favorite is Lassard because without him, nothing in this movie makes sense. Well, uh, you know, he, this is a movie that's about him. He gets more screen time in this one than any of the other ones, and it's kind of his love letter to that character. You you can't help but like him, and even though it's a comedy, I think most people subconsciously feel. A little pang when he's threatened and he doesn't know he's being threatened. Um, he's just like that that grandfather that you know he's whimsical. Yeah, you know I I still like Harris, but this is a really good movie for Lassard too because in, mm. in a way it it highlights him. And I don't think any of the other movies really did that yet. See, up till this point, we've always seen positive traits from Lassard. You know, he's he's a good family. He's he's good with his brother on good terms. There, he's proud of his nephew. He genuinely cares for everybody, all of his recruits, and you know his friends who graduated. He is generally the nicest person in these movies. It'd be interesting to see these movies redone through Lassard's eyes to see how this would be done. Because it would be it'd be a different picture. He he sees things as he imagines them to be, which is not as comedic. And when funny things happen, sometimes it's actually painful to him, like the the, the podium scene. It's <laughs> like put in an, a, a, a mortifying position that he didn't mind terribly, but um, but it, he it it echoes back to the point he keeps bringing it up. Um, I, I, I think that this is the movie that if there was anything that I, you know, like I said, a lot of the stuff is trite old. It is a nice story for Lassard and a good send off for him. If you're going to do that. Um, part seven was a Lassard story too. 
I don't know. I haven't seen Seven yet. We're going to have to see Seven soon, I guess. Yep. Soon. Okay. Well, at any rate, that's uh, that's the movie. Anything else you'd like to add to that, Dave, before we move to our rating? Uh, there's not much to it other than, like, a like, reason why Zed and Sweet Chuck aren't in there was Bob Goldway said no, and then the producers were like, well, we don't need Sweet Chuck done. Yeah, pe- people were running away from this movie by this time with Gutenberg and, and Bob Cackleton. I believe the guy that played Thackler was trying to get it back in, and they were just like, no, no, we don't need you right now. No, no. would have blown the budget. <laughs> they wouldn't have made any money. Uh, see, Police Academy 5, 1988. Um, out of the movies that came out then, it opened at number for 1988. It's the 52nd highest grossing film of 1988 <laughs> how the mighty have fallen um it's right behind the serpent and the rainbow and in front of friday oh the 13th God. part seven Ooh. so which one was seven friday the 13th part seven is that jason takes manhattan no that is the new oh the blood. new blood the new blood and then the, the psychic one yes they, they, i think they call that carry with jason basically yeah uh the, but the Number one movie of the year for 1988, this Rain Man. Kind of... <sighs> <laughs> Most definitely, definitely Rain Man. De- definitely, 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 definitely time for Wapner and, and Rain Man. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which we'll never get a sequel to. Nope. Coming to America. Although, you know, I wonder who owns that because a reboot, a complete reboot, could be done. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, is that um... Disney? Really? Disney, it's the Touchstone oh, Pictures. Yeah. The only reason why they got Warner Brothers on board for their characters were stipulations, but they think it was because of Spielberg. But for whatever reason, now between Warner Brothers and Disney, they don't think they'll be able to get them to jive to be able to do the same thing. Because if you watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit again, you will see Mickey Mouse and and, and uh, yeah. Bugs have the same on the line screen yep. time. Daffy and Donald do any of those characters. It was like, yep. You can use them. So, so you won't yeah. see a sequel. Well, you know, you say that, but Ready Player One happened. Again, Spielberg magic. Ready Player One did not have any Disney stuff in it. I'm just saying, you took monolithic uh-huh. entities and you allowed them to coexist for a time. I'm not thinking it's completely out of possibility. Oh, maybe when Disney buys Warner Brothers yeah. and we can talk about it. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I'm but, not saying this is something that needs to be done, no, nor no. something I want to see, but I'm just saying it could be done. But, you know, that was the competition Police Academy had. Even if you want to call it competition, I mean... It's not competition because they weren't competing. Right, right. This was quite clearly not a movie that was designed to be good. It was a movie designed to keep the franchise, to employ some people, to try to see if Lightning could catch again, but this wasn't something they sunk a lot of money into. They didn't spend a lot of time with writing and development. This was just, let's send them off on another fun movie. Yeah, that's about it, really. There's really not that much to this movie. It's pretty right. basic. <laughs> um, was it? I'm trying to see if it was... Oh, it was even a March release. So back in 1988, huh. Police Academy 5, coming out in March. March back then was kind of like dumping ground. Nowadays, sure. March is almost the start of like early season for sports. Big spring movies. Well, there's so many big movies that come out now with these big sledgehammer force 
blockbusters that mm-hmm. you kind of have to get an early jump if you don't want to get caught in the in the waves. Right, right. That's why I don't. I personally don't believe in dumping ground months anymore. The key is your movie's got to be good. People will see it. Deadpool proved that. Yeah. Well, so since there isn't any more to talk about about this movie, we ought to put a rating on that. What would you put this at, Dave? Um, I think four. Four. Four is a poor movie. <laughs> I can't get past certain things in it. That's fair. Uh, I'd put it a six. It's uh, this is weird. Usually, I'm more critical than <laughs> Davis. But in this, like I said, it's a comedy. And as I said, as long as you keep repeating the mantra, it's an 80s comedy. And don't dwell on the things that bring the movie down, like all the horrible tropes and cliches, which are even more tropey now that we've seen even more movies like this. Um, There are a couple of genuinely funny movie movie points to it. Um, Some of the things that that happen uh, don't, get in the way of the humor at like they did in two. Um, you have Lassard as a consistently good character throughout that we, that we watch. Nick is not a bad addition to the group. As a matter of fact, I find him less smarmy and cheesy than Gutenberg's Mahoney character, more of the good guy. Although sometimes it seemed like he was a little bit too, um, well, I'd never had a problem with Nick too forced. Uh, he, I do like the actor. I've seen him in other things other than the AARP commercial, but I, you know, he was in one of my favorite alien ripoffs called deep star six. And one of his more, more high profile roles was a reoccurring character in Seinfeld and the hand that rocks the cradle where he played the lead man. True, truly, your depth in in, in uh, actor trivia is is impressive, Dave. That's um, why it threw me for a loop when I was so, the AARP commercial, and that was just like two months ago. <laughs> nice. Um, as far as you know, the, the characters don't do anything egregiously terrible. They're not. There's not a lot that's done with most of the characters, um, but what's done is not offensive. A few jokes there generally got a, genuinely got a chuckle. A couple of them got eye rolling. Uh, the criminals were too stupid to be taken seriously. That might have raised it up a little bit if there was actually some tension in it. That that the humor could have released some of that tension, but that never built. Yeah, I, I think that's where my hang up with the movie is too. It, like some of the the reoccurring stuff and the criminals. I don't know. As much as I like the actor that played the lead criminal, I, I it was, maybe it was the team that brought him down. Uh, Harris was wasted in this. He makes a good anti-group. In this case, he was just a stumbling block. A recurring punchline stumbling block. And the target of a lot of the humor. Um, so, Mr. Bailey, you were not well used to this. You could have done better. But you, you, you did good with what you had. and You, you, you filled out your role. Oh, he's probably better in this than in Mannequin. That's another movie I got to go back and see soon. Mm. So, um, Dave, a four. Well, why, why, why did you, why did you rate it so low? Uh, probably because a lot of the, the the reoccurring jokes that the characters were doing. I mean, I get that that you got to play on their caricature, but uh, some of it just too much. Hooks voice. She did a lot of talking in this movie, and, I, and her character is probably designed not to talk like that 
so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like the way I the way I look. And maybe she's talking like this a lot. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with she you. She does more but, squealing in this one. Yeah, when just, she gets excited, she squeals. Yeah. yeah I, that Don't do it. Ears. Don't that hurts the ears. Sounds like it hurt your it's, voice. It's like, it's like the one... It's like that's why you don't give Christian Bale's Batman dialogue because it kind of it just throws things down and and you gotta get over there and do that thing. It it, it 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 brings it down a little and it, it's kind of amazing how that voice does that. The, the criminals I mentioned, um, the uh, the reoccurring jokes, uh, the uh, it's just the the. The, the believability again comedy I get that but mm-hmm. <laughs> what can I say over your suspension things. of disbelief yeah. was strained to the break yeah point. yeah it's like watching Grey's Anatomy and being like not every freaking thing that could ever happen to a hospital would happen to a hospital like that yeah Walking Dead's more believable yeah <laughs> so. all right so generally we we don't recommend this movie I would say that if you want to look, will look for a comedy. You can find something better quite easily. Like uh, the strong um, stuff was Lassard. So I mean, yes, if you like, if you like Lassard and the kind of the bumbling uh, Mr. Magoo style comedy, um, there was some of that in this certainly. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was a movie. We got through it, uh, and we have two more left to do. Yes. So stay tuned for six and seven on the horizon before we move on to fresher meat. Uh, as in always, we do appreciate you listening to this podcast. Feel free to subscribe, check in with us uh, every week. We try to put out a new podcast. And uh, on behalf of Dave and myself, thank you very much for tuning in to Back to the Podcast. Until next time, farewell.